you have your Bibles, open to uh, Romans chapter 5. Last week, uh, we looked at Romans uh, 5 and verse 1. <clears throat> and uh, it says, Therefore, uh, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. And remember that therefore, uh, as one uh, commentator or one man I heard say, always ask, what is it there for? And in light of what has been said by Paul, that salvation is by grace and faith alone, uh, we can have peace with God now. Because uh, uh, his anger, his wrath, the war is over. We have been justified by faith. We have been declared righteous. Uh, he has been punished for our sin. We sang about that this morning. Uh, uh, God's justice is satisfied. Uh, and he has forgiven us. And boy, what, uh, what a promise that is. That there is now peace with God. And you and I must believe that and live like we believe that. Okay? That's, that's the key here is how do you live out that in your life uh, that you uh, have peace with God. It will change the way you live your life. The fact that you have been uh, declared righteous because of the imputed righteousness of Christ that has been uh, uh, Put on your account. You're perfect now in Christ. You're perfect in Christ. Go back and read Hebrews 10 again. You're perfect in Christ. Just keep telling yourself that every day when you get up, when you sin, keep your eyes, fix your eyes on Him and live out of the gospel. Uh, it's, it's good news. It's, it's wonderful news. But you know, Paul uh, doesn't stop with uh, this blessing alone. He says there are more blessings of justification by faith alone. And he gives that in uh, Romans uh, chapter 5 and uh, verse 2. And we want to look at those two, that one verse this morning. I'm not, I promise there will be more than one verse on most Sundays. But uh, this is something that you can just rush over and, and really fail to see what Paul is driving home here. Again, it's uh, the results of justification. He says, through whom, that is Christ, also we have obtained, past tense, our introduction, our access by faith into this grace in which we stand and we exalt or boast in hope of the glory of God. And, you know, you can just kind of read that and breeze over and say, next verse. <laughs> but you've got to slow down. You know, you're moving too fast and uh, you've got to think and meditate on what's being said, uh, said here. You know, Paul is telling us how good we have it. Amen. You know, we just can't even imagine how good we have it. It's all by grace, but God has prepared a great banquet. Amen. And you know what? You don't have to wait to heaven to enjoy it. We have it now. There are great spiritual blessings that are ours, and yet so much of the time we act like we got to wait till we get there to enjoy Christ. You don't. You can enjoy Him now. There's a banquet feast, spiritual blessings that we can be enriched by, that we can uh, trust God for. 
You know, you don't have to live on worms or hamburger or, well, hamburger's pretty good. But, you, I mean, we have steak. We have filet. Menu, we have the best to, to, to live on. I could have mentioned grits and turnip greens and all, but that's probably <laughs> something that you might not think is a banquet. But uh, if you're an old southern boy like me, I'd rather have black-eyed peas, turnip greens, and grits than uh, just about anything. But anyway, so Paul is just saying, whoa, the blessings of, of justification. One of them was peace with God. And the other one, the first one we want to look at this morning is we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand. And notice he says we have obtained. This is something that has happened once and for all. This is not something that we're looking forward to or hope to get. No, we have obtained this once for all. Uh, and of course, there was a time when we were outside, we were under the, the wrath of God, uh, uh, but now we are no longer under the condemnation of the law. We're no longer, God is no longer angry with us, but we're under grace. Being under grace meant we are now declared righteous in His sight. And that's our standing. And this is what Paul is, this is a wonderful truth. And you can almost just feel the excitement when you read this as he, as he pins it. Uh, we're no longer enemies, rebels, orphans, outsiders, but children are the Most High God. Imagine it. You are a child of the Most High God. Amen. Can you just, you know, just relish it? Amen. I mean, it's just so good. You, you just go, oh, okay, I'm a child of God. That's what Satan would want you to do. That's how Satan would want you to think about yourself. But that's not what God says and Paul says here that is true about you. Amen. And when you, when you understand that, you can face anything in life. God is well pleased with you. Why? Because he's well pleased with Christ. Amen. You see, that's why he's well pleased with you. You know, uh, 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 read this illustration I have a book and it was pretty good so I'm going to use it and I do that a little bit but no I do that a whole lot but uh, uh, you know let's say you uh, you decide you want to see the Queen of England and you say okay I'm going to get on a plane and I'm going to fly over to England I'm going to get off the plane take a taxi up to the, the palace there and I'm going to start banging on the gate and demand to see the Queen how many here thinks that that would get you in? I don't, think, I don't think anybody here would think that. Would you? I mean, wouldn't it be better to have received an invitation from the queen? Not only that, when you get there, her son greets you there and is taking you to see her. Whoa, what a picture, isn't that, of what uh, Christ says? What, is, what does Christ say? Uh, Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28 do we have an invitation Amen. yes we do not to see the queen but something that's much better than that what does he say come to me all who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you spiritual rest you can rest in Christ now I'm not even a citizen of England 
I mean, I couldn't go over there and bang. Hey, I'm a citizen of England. I want to see the queen. I, I don't think you'll get in. But God invites us to get. Not only that, you better be careful how you dress when you go. Okay? You think you're going to get to see the queen if you go in, in, in old rags that haven't been washed uh, for months and months and months and, and they're filthy and just totally, just people on the plane just move away from you. And you're probably not going to get in. You're probably not because what? What does the Bible say if we come to God? He said, for all of us have become uh, like one who is unclean and all of our righteous deeds are what? Filthy garments, and all of us uh, wither like a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind take us away. We're all sinners, you see, deserving of the wrath of God, and uh, uh, we must be dressed properly. You know what the Bible says? By faith, we've been declared righteous, and now we're clothed with the righteousness of Christ. See? It's not your righteousness. It's not, not anything you can put on, but we have the righteousness of Christ. That's good news to me, and I hope it is to you. Uh, you know, uh, uh, we're in. This is, this is the idea. We are justified. We are in. It's a done deal. You know, we, we, are, we are into the palace. We're standing there with the queen. If you you know, on a human way of looking at it. Christ has taken us by the hand and he's led us into a position of grace or favor with God. He's led us into his grace. That is justification. Now, what does this, what does this mean? What does this mean? Is this word access that we find here in Romans 5, 2, is mentioned only two other times in the New Testament. It's mentioned in Ephesians 2, 18 and 19. For through him we both have our access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and are God's household. You're, you're in the palace. See, this is, this is not talking about something that is future. This is when you're declared righteous. You're now in the palace. And by the way, you're not just a visitor. So you're not a visitor that has to leave. No, you're there to stay. You know, can, can, you imagine, can you imagine going in to see the queen and she says, why don't you just take up residence here? I don't think that would happen, but, <laughs> but, uh, but that's the idea. And in Ephesians 3, in whom we have boldness and confidence, access. See, we have boldness and confident access through the faith in Him. Amen. So, what does this mean? I think for one thing, uh, we can have boldness when we come to Him. Ephesians 4.16, Therefore, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace. See, it's not, a, it's not a throne of justice. You don't want that. See, you don't want God's justice. You want His grace. We come to the throne of grace Amen. so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Hallelujah. What, what, what good news this is to us. We can have confidence and assurance and certainty. That's what this means. This access. We have access. 
you can, you know, you can, you can say, well, I have access to, which means you're, you're not there. No, we're there. It's not something future. We're there. It's what Paul is saying. And you can just kind of read over this and, uh, and, and miss what he's trying to say. No, he, he owns the cattle on a thousand hills, you know. And uh, we have certainty. We have certainty. So when we come to God, we can come with boldness, with boldness, with confidence that he is our father and he really loves me more than I even love myself, which is hard to understand, you know. But, yeah, he loves me that much. He loves me so much that he laid down his life for me. He is my God. He is my God. And, uh, uh, you know, a lot of times we come in prayer and we'll pray something like this. Lord, if it's possible, you know, but it's probably not because, well, you know, it's just asking too much. But, you know, Lord, if it's just not asking too much, please give me a penny. You know, just give me a penny. No, we can come with confidence knowing that what? What does the scripture say? And my God will supply how much? All. Your needs. According to his, uh, you know, he doesn't owe much. No, riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Again, I think this is a spiritual, this is a spiritual thing he's talking about here. Not, not material. Material's okay. I'll take a Cadillac. Anybody wants to give one away. You know, no, but he's talking about his uh, uh, spiritual, spiritual enrichment here. And notice here also in this verse 2, it's wherein we stand. Standing here means an abiding, immovable status, a firm footing. It's our state of justification. This is what he's talking about. We stand before him now entirely in a uh, new manner in a gracious manner, in a very gracious manner, we stand before Him. Our whole relationship with God has changed. We are in the palace. We are in the palace. We have been taken by Christ, by hand, and we have been taken into the palace, and there we stand, not to ever leave again. No. It's not like we go in and out. No, we're there. We're standing in grace is what Paul's talking about. Endless riches and great wealth. We're not paupers. We're not paupers. But we seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and then all that other stuff will be added. But we're standing in grace. It's not what we deserve. We deserve His wrath. But Grace here means benefits given to the undeserving. Benefits given to the undeserving, and that's what we are. We don't deserve anything but His wrath. You know, we we serve a great God who not only gives us grace, He gives us the grace and the faith to believe, but then He rewards us for our faithfulness. Now, that's a good God. He gives you the faith to believe, and then he's going to reward you for faithfulness. That's pretty good, isn't it? <laughs> that's, a pretty, that's a pretty good deal. But you know what? This standing, Psalm 1-5 says, 
that the, with the ungodly, with the wicked. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. Why? Because they have rejected Christ. They have rejected the only way of salvation. The ungodly uh, are under, under the condemnation of the law. They're not under grace, as Paul is, is, is talking about here. And we're to stand, never to fall. See, it's interesting how you can read just right over these words and just, you know, boy, I read four chapters today. Great. What did you get out of it? Well, not really, but, you know, I read four chapters. But you can take one little phrase and just go through the Scripture and find out what does it mean to stand? What does that mean to me uh, to stand? It means not to be removed from that standing. We stand never to fall. You know, with the Samaritan woman, it said, Jesus answered and said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will thirst again. That is the water from the well, real water. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him shall never thirst. God is never thirst again. But the water that I will give him will become in him a well of water springing up to eternal life. Amen. Eternal life. Never to be lost. Never to be lost. So Paul is not saying we're just in this grace. No, but we are firmly set in it. Standing implies stability and security. In the Greek, this is a very, very strong word. It means security, certainty, absoluteness. This is a sure thing. This is in Romans 8.38, Paul says, I am convinced. He says, I am persuaded. That's what this word is. It's strong. It's strong. And we need to, we need to claim these promises of God. 1 Corinthians 15.1 Now I make known to you, brethren, the gospel. Again, see, the gospel. There's the power which I preach to you, which also you received, in which you what? Stand. See? We stand because of the gospel because of what is true about us, because of Christ declaring us righteous, we stand. Amen. We stand. We stand. Also, 2 Corinthians 1, 24, uh, uh, not, what we lord, uh, not that we lorded over your faith, but are workers with you for your joy. Uh, for in your faith you are standing firm. In your faith, you're standing firm. You're not shifting sand here today and gone tomorrow. But we stand. 1 Peter 5.12 uh, Through uh, Silvanus, our faithful brother, for I also uh, regard him, I have written to you briefly exhorting and testifying that this is the true grace of God. What? Stand firm in it. Stand firm in it. Wow. And the thing is, yes, it means having assurance of salvation. That's what this means. And this is what Paul is telling us. And it's a business of every Christian to have assurance of his salvation. And the testimony is this, that God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his son. It's in Jesus. No one else. Nothing else. It's in him and him alone. It's in his son. 
He who has the Son, of course, who, who's trusted him by faith, we find that elsewhere, uh, has life. And he who does not have the Son uh, does not have life. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may what? No. Not, see, not hope so. No. But know that you have eternal life. And that's the promise of God. You're to know where you stand. You can know where you stand. You're standing on Christ. He is your foundation. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. And you can read it in Ephesians about uh, standing uh, as well. But it's the truth of Scripture. We stand in what he has done. And we can be certain of our position. You know, if you're uncertain about your standing, and there are people who are, I'll talk to them and they'll say, well, you know, I just hope I'm going to heaven. What they're saying is, I'm not really certain that I am going there. I am not uh, certain of my position in Christ. You need to make sure of your position in Christ. You need to call upon His name. Save me by your grace. Save me by your grace. And He'll save you by His grace. But if, if you're not certain, what are you depending on? I am depending on blank to save me. Fill in the blank. I am depending on church membership to save me. I am depending on uh, my merits to save me. I am depending on you just fill in the blank. What are you trusting in this morning? This is what Paul is saying, that you're justified by faith and by faith alone through Christ and His shed blood alone. This is what Paul is driving home. He says, be sure that you have access. You are there. You are standing. Believe it. It's true about you. Get excited about it is what he's saying. Get excited about it. You know, don't, oh, God, give me a penny. Oh, Lord, I'd like to have a penny. Oh, please, God. No. You're a child of the king. Act like it. Wow. You see, there's only one high priest. We, we talked about there is only one God and only one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. You can't come any other way. Christ is the only way. John 10, 27, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give eternal life to them, and they shall what? Never, never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. Amen. Sounds like a sure thing to me. Doesn't it? Sounds pretty solid and pretty... Uh, uh, convincing to me. Ephesians says, never forget the exceeding riches of His grace. That's Ephesians 2.7. There's no end to His grace. See, there's no end to His grace. The Bible says that. We have obtained it. We have obtained it. The third result and consequence of justification by faith is found also in verse 2. He says, And we exalt in hope of the glory of God. Whoa. 
The King James has rejoice. I think it's a much it's it's a stronger word in that, although that's not a bad translation, it's a good one. But I don't think rejoice is strong enough. I think it should be more exalt, exalt, uh, glory in, boast in is the idea here. We're we're to boast in uh, the glory, in hope of the glory of God. We're to boast in that. Uh, it's okay to boast of the Lord, you know. That's what Paul says. It's also it's okay to boast. Uh, that you're a child of the king. You need to go around telling people, I'm a child of the king. Let me tell you, I, you know, I haven't just been in to see the queen of England. That would be a pretty neat thing to do. But you know what? I am a child of the king. And I'm there. I don't have to go knock on the door. No, I'm there. You just, I'm there. Because of what Christ has done, I'm in the palace. I'm in the throne room. I'm in the banquet to receive all the blessings that come from him. It's pretty good stuff, by the way. It's something to get excited about. And I think that's what Paul's saying here. So Paul says, let him who boasts. By the way, it's the same Greek word that we find here in Romans 5, 2. Who boasts. Boast in the Lord, he says. Boast in him. Boast in what he has done. Boast in justification by faith. Paul used to boast of his own righteousness. He was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. But now, he boasts of his position in Christ. He boasts in the glory of God. He boasts in the glory of God. Whoa! Have you ever thought about the glory of God? And what that is? The glo- I mean, we, you just can't even understand. The gl- we, none of us can understand the glory of God. But Paul talks about it. And he looks forward to this in hope. By the way, this is a no-so, hope-so. This is not, I just hope it comes. No, this is a sure thing. That's the meaning of hope back then. Uh, uh, We see his glory when we see him. And he says, boy, I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to seeing the glory of God. And we will stand and behold one day the glory of God. Did you know that? John 17, 24, Father, Jesus says, I desire that they also whom you have given me be with me where I am so that they may see what? My glory, which you have given me for you love me before the foundation of the world. And that's true of us as well. But boy, that they may see my glory. One day we will see the glory of Christ when he comes. And it's it's going to be awesome. I mean, it's going to be so much bigger and better and wonderful and all these words we use than we can ever imagine. You know, Stephen saw it. Stephen in Acts 7.55, Stephen said, but being full of the Holy Spirit, he gazed intently into heaven. This was right before he was stoned to death. And he saw the glory of God. Oh, can you imagine what that must have been? I'm sure he said, kill me. Please kill me. I want to go there. Amen. <laughs> I want to be there. I'm there. It's what he, I'm there. He saw it, the glory of God, because he was, he was getting ready to be uh, taken up to be with Christ. And he saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Amen. He saw his Lord. What did Peter 
say on, uh, at the Mount of Transfiguration, 2 Peter 1, 16 through 18, he says, For we did not follow cleverly devised tales when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitness of his majesty. We sang about majesty, the, the song, majesty, this morning. For when he received honor and glory from God the Father, such an utterance as this was made to him by the, the majestic glory. This is at the Mount of Transfiguration. This is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. That's true of us, as I've said before, because he's well pleased with his Son and we're in Christ. He's well pleased with us right now, not with all this other stuff we've got to do to try to please him. No, He accepts us as we are right now. You, don't, you can't earn it. You can't merit it. You can't work hard enough. You can't do enough. Why? Because it's already done. We, he is well pleased with Christ. He is well pleased with us. And we ourselves heard this utterance made from heaven when we were with Him on the, on the, on the mountain. His majestic glory. They saw it. Matter of fact, they wanted to stay there. If you read on, right, they were going to build these little buildings and, you know, I'm going to build one for you and one for you. <laughs> well, I, can, I can understand that. I would have probably been right in there with a hammer and nails myself. But this also means we ourselves will be glorified and I'm almost through. Because right now, we saw in Romans 3.23 that we all fall short of the glory of God. But one day we will be glorified. Read Romans 8.30. And we were meant like Adam before the fall to reflect the glory of God. And one day uh, the, glory, the glory of God will be reflected through us. 1 John 3.2 Beloved, now we are children of God. That's true of us. We are children of God. Not hope to be, might be. No, we are now. And it has not appeared as yet what we will be. We know that when he appears, we will be like him. We, because we will see him as he is. Glorified. Glorified. And we will be like him. Does this excite you? Amen. I hope it does. And I hope you're fixing your eyes on Christ. I hope as it says in Titus 2.13, looking for the blessed hope, the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior. That ought to give you chill bumps when you think about it. It ought to just thrill your heart. I mean, you can fix your eyes on all this stuff that's passing away and all the problems we have in this. Don't fix your eyes on that. Fix your eyes on Jesus, who is the author and finisher of your faith. That's where there's hope. This is what Paul is saying here when he says, through whom also we have obtained our introduction by faith, into His grace in which we stand and we boast in hope of the glory of God. What does it say in 1 Corinthians 13, 12, the last verse? For, for now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I will know fully, just as I also have been fully known. I'm looking forward to that. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you this morning for your great grace. Lord, we're just overwhelmed as Paul pens this letter. And Lord, there's so much here. It's so full of truth. 
that it, that it encourages our hearts, Lord, that we are really are your children, that you really are well pleased with us. Lord, that uh, uh, we, have it, we have obtained it. We stand in the finished work of Christ. Lord, help us to live out of that truth not trying to live to, to please you so you will accept us, but living out of love because of what you have done for us. Oh, God, work in my heart because I struggle with this every day. Lord, help us to see Jesus in his name. Amen. <clears throat>